What's up, nerds? And welcome back to your weekly movie review podcast. That's right, you are locked in and tuned in to the 3FN Podcast. This week, we will be reviewing the 1998 classic Armageddon for its 25th anniversary. Of course, we are coming to you from the 8122 Production Studios. I am your host, Rich, and the nerds are all here. First, he is the man that this past week, after watching Armageddon, started looking at the sky through a telescope, then realized he was looking through the wrong end. I'm talking about Ron. I got confused. I didn't know how it worked. It was just so weird. He said, this end goes there, and he didn't understand what there was. It, it, it was trying to be, you know, choose your own adventure. Yes. I mean, you are used to the world of D&D. Yes. Uh, and then the other nerd, he doesn't need an introduction, yet he has the longest introduction in all of podcasting. Ladies and gentlemen, I give to you, hashtag Big Daddy Cool, hashtag Mad Dog Strong Style, hashtag Challenge Accepted, hashtag Diesel Malenko, because he's the man of a thousand and four hashtags. He is the leader of the Minnows Gang, and is your favorite podcaster's favorite podcaster. He's the man, the myth. And the legend rolled into one jolly old ginger-bearded feather. I'm talking about Diesel. Don't mind me. I was just gazing at Uranus. <laughs> uh, you know, listen, the nice part about watching Armageddon again is that you realize that it's got some of the best dialogue of any movie ever. <laughs> I don't know if the dialogue always fits the movie. That's fine. It's like Southland Tales. It was very, it's very entertaining. We'll talk about that later, though, because obviously that's 3FM Movie Club Review. A uh, real quick note, if you hear some whirring, there is a powerful fan blowing air conditioning into the studio because it is a heat wave here in the 607. So uh, so don't don't worry. It's not anything breaking down. We just we need to be cool. <laughs> we need to be kept at least a little cooler. And our evil dead poster is, like, blowing all over the place. <laughs> My water is, too. <laughs> <laughs> that's how powerful the fan is. And it's in the other room, technically, blowing the air in. Uh, so with that... Ron, how has been the week? Uh, it's been an alright week. Can't really complain too much. You know, just stupid stuff happening. Um, on a plus note, you know, Rody Josh's daughters are the youth ten softball uh, have gone to are going to the state champions in Long Island. Oh, cool! This is from Emmy, it's the first time they've ever made it. So, see how that goes. Um, so, congratulations, girls. Uh, other than that, you know, our Wednesday group Matt and my paladin came to an demise. Unfortunate <laughs> oh. or fortunate? Uh, unfortunate demise. Okay. Um, got kicked off a balcony while trying to fight something powerful and took enough damage from the hit so that the fall damage was enough to kill me and then proceeded to roll like shit like I have been for the last two and a half months at that place. So the DM was nice enough to say, well, you can get him back and there's a cleric that'll resurrect you. I'm like, huh, oh, well, thanks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, you know, things happen. <laughs> gotcha there. And uh, let's give a proper clapping for the girls. Okay, got to get a pop for clapping in there. Now, Diesel, how's been your week? Not too bad. Uh, been a pretty busy week between both jobs and other stuff going on, but got to take a day off. Me and you grabbed dinner the other night. That was really good. Uh, but just been working and then catching up uh, with family dinner yesterday, which was drama-free for once, which was really nice. And, yeah, been keeping busy. Yeah, I'm just going to let you know that I ate mac and cheese for like three days oh, yeah. after that because I got the giant size. I wanted leftovers, but I didn't realize how much was I was going to get. It's, yeah. It's insane. So shout out to that place. Uh, with that being said, uh, I had a good week. You know, watched some wrestling. I uh, watched some Impact Wrestling. I had a pay-per-view. Really good. So the wrestling I watched this weekend was good. Got to relax. 
went to Aiden's girlfriend's graduation party, so I think that's my last graduation party of the season. Nice. Or at least I hope it is, because n- nothing against it. It's just always like weird times. You're like, damn. And it's been real hot. Yeah. And as, as a fat man, hot and me do not mix. And no. like my asthma's been acting up, and the, the, it's just it's crazy. I don't want to go bore you guys with all that. But uh, yeah, it's just fucking crazy. But yeah, other than that, very relaxing, good weekend, and I'm getting ready to go on vacation next week. So I'll be uh, well, the shows will still be coming too. Don't worry, but uh, I will be going on vacation. So it'll be nice to get out of town for a few days. With that, I hope everybody at home had an awesome week last week, and I hope you have an awesome week this week as well. But before we can move on any further, we gotta take care of a little business and hit you with some of them opening shameless plugs, of course. If you would like to find out anything at all about the 3FN Podcast, it's simple. Just go on over to 3FNPodcast.com. There, you can find all of our social media links. Also, while you're there, you can find the Public link or the link to Patreon, patreon.com slash 3FNPodcast. For as little as $1 a month, you get a ton of extra bonus content, help support the show, and help us spread the word of nerd. Also, while you're there, there's links for the 3, 3FN podcast. You can stream it right from there. Also, 607TWS, the wrestling show. You know, the wrestler pro wrestling show I do with Ken M from the ODPH every week. Yeah, there's links for that too as well as there. And you can stream it from there. Speaking of the ODPH podcast, there's friends of the show. There's a whole section for them. And ODPH podcast, take it right over to their website, stream the show and everything else. Then, make sure you check out the musical directory. Where the bands who allow us to use their music so we don't get hit with those dreaded DMCA's are. Of course, we're going to give a shout out to one of those bands. Shout at the Robots, whose song Fail Better is the theme song for the 3FN podcast you hear in the beginning of the show each and every week. Also, while you're there, make sure you check out all the other bands and support them on YouTube Music, Bandcamp, and Spotify. And last but certainly not least, there is the sponsorship page. And of course, that is where all the uh, people who allow us, you know, give us stuff and allows us to bring these shows to you commercial free each and every week. That's where they are. Of course, first of all, if you're in the 607 and you want to put the pride back in your ride, go hit up Rex to Rods Auto Detailing. Diesel, what's the number if they want to make an appointment? 607-644-3389. Next up, our good friends at Sci-Fi Horror Fest. It's less than 40 days away, August 25th and 26th at Vernon Dallas Casino in Vernon, New York. For all ticket information, celebrity information, everything else, go to scifihorrorfest.com. And then our good friends over at W Energy Drink, go to w.gg and use the promo code 3FNPOD for 10% off of every order. And last but certainly not least, is our main sponsor, Dragon Master Games. For all your Magic the Gathering and gaming needs, visit them on the World Wide Web, dragonmastergames.com. And if you're in the 607 or passing through the 607 and you want to find out about any events or anything else going on at the shop, make sure you like their Facebook page, Dragon Master Games. That's right, and of course, if you forgot any of that, 3FNPodcast.com. A little cheap ending there. Cheap. Now, before we can dive into this week's Diesel's Movie Triple Stuff and get everything going and popping and get into the 3FN Movie Club with Armageddon as the review, we have to uh, address some uh, things that are out there. And uh, just to let everybody know that we're aware and kind of where we're our head is at and what's going on of course as you know the 3fn podcast is an independent podcast that means we're not celebrities we don't have big financial backers we're not paid by the studios we're not paid by anybody really i mean (laughs) the patrons so patreon.com slash 3fn podcast your your money is what keeps us alive you know it keeps us uh with the lights on if you will and of course the lights are provided by dragon master games 
and you know for a little other things a little small bit here and there if you buy some merch on t public etc etc but if you think about it, that means we're fan driven you know I, I even hate using the word fans because we're not famous i prefer you know like you guys listen to us and we're you kind of you know you're like our friends that let us into your ear holes uh ron would say something but it's it's a little inappropriate for this but uh, the patrons know sorry a little inside joke uh but uh, you know so in a way it's kind of weird when things come up and the real world kicks in of course as everybody now knows sag has joined the strike with wga and uh listen on this show i'm going to tell you whether it's popular with people or not we we support the sag strike we support the wga strike we think that the writers should have gotten what they wanted it's egregious that the studios believed that it was unrealistic to ask for 3%. <laughs> like, literally, this is, if you go back to the beginnings of this, this is over 3%. And that's egregious. And uh, for, for somebody like Bob Iger to say that it's unrealistic is, is really kind of stupid. And I'm saying that in the nicest way possible. Uh, so, yeah, we side with that. Of course, we also side with SAG because when they took their strike, of course, obviously, sowing solidarity with WGA, who's been on strike since May. Uh, so they, you know, part of it was that, but most of it incited reasons was obviously because of streaming. They're not getting their cut of streaming. And if you've uh, been on the internet and seen some of these residual checks they are getting from the streaming, it is laughable, especially considering some of them are pages and pages of how many times these things have been watched. And then it ends with 20 bucks. Yeah. And that is for the creator of the show. That's kind of interesting, right? And then on, and not to mention the actors. And then, you know, their other qualm, of course, is CGI and AI. You know, what's going to stop them from just, you know, putting older stars in movies and using their AI since that's a thing. And they kind of want a license to make sure this is a thing. And I I agree with that. I would like to see real actors in the movies. Like, as much as it's great to sometimes see the de-aging effect or, you know, we know certain people are in ill health and it's really kind of helped them be in movies. Uh, and, and that's nice to see. It's also nice to see young and up-and-comers get, get their spots and everything else. And I think that's what SAG is worried about, and I don't blame them there. And also, I think for the people who would, will sign their rights over for AI, I think they want to get a baseline for it so nobody gets taken advantage of. Because if you think about it, if, if, an, if a celebrity gives their rights and they pass away, shouldn't their family be paid for that right? I yes. think they should. Yeah. I really do. So I'm I'm totally 100% behind, and everybody at this table, like I said, uh, I, I think you all agree with me, we're 100% behind them. With that, we are a movie review podcast, though. So I've done my due diligence. I've done my homework. I've read a lot off of SAG. I've talked to SAG members and have come up with, you know, there's a lot of misnomers out there. There's a lot of bad information. Whether it's on purpose or not, I don't think it's all nefarious. Sometimes people just rush to get things out. And I think people have gotten confused. In a nutshell, we kind of explained it more on Patreon, but in a nutshell, after reaching out and talking to people in the SAG union and reading the literature that I was sent to me from their website... It has come across as the one big no for them, for content creators that are not in the SAG union, is taking jobs from SAG union members and making money off of it. So basically, in layman's terms, if you don't take money from the studios, that you do not have to worry about SAG being upset with you and crossing the picket line. As of right now, SAG is also their representatives, maybe not you know some of the people protesting, because I've heard mixed things there, but as far as their representatives are still encouraging people to stream movies and go to the theaters and everything else because yes everybody still gets royalty paychecks they're not fired they still got to get paid and then on top of all of that it's nice so with everything being we looked at the world and we went okay what do we do here we do a lot of new movies but we do a lot of older movies so we could switch all over to old movies or we could still mix in the new movies like we do so this upcoming week on next week's 3fn podcast the 3fn movie club review has been slated for a long time to be barbie as of right now, we are still going to be doing Barbie next week. 
because it does not cross any picket lines after talking to all the representatives I talked to. And with that, that is going to be the plan going forward that if we had something new on there, unless something changes. Now, if something changes and SAG lays down a new law or rule because of whatever reason, we are going to follow and support it. But as of right now, I've cleared it with the people that I feel I needed to clear it with to feel okay. Now, listen, I've made that long-winded thing about us being an indie podcast because you guys do matter here. It's not like a show where you turn, tune in and you don't matter, you're just a number. If you guys are of the opinion, the majority of opinion, and let us know on social media or send the, to the email, what is the email, Diesel? 3fnpod at gmail.com. Well, it's actually 3fatherspodcast at gmail.com. It's the one thing we didn't change over, Diesel. <laughs> Damn it. So anyways, or easier way, just go to 3 uh, fn You almost made me say 8122productions.com. So just go to 3fnpodcast.com and go to the contact us, okay? And that's a, in, in, send it in. And if you guys are against us doing the new movies, we will just do older movies. Uh, because obviously we're an indie podcast and we're listening to you. But if you guys have no problems, because once again, I have cleared it. I did my due diligence. I didn't just listen to somebody off of TikTok. I actually went out and read the actual literature. And on top of that, I actually talked to people that are members of the SAG union and relative different levels of the SAG union. So I feel comfortable until things change. So that is what we're going to do. And that's how we're going to go forward. However, we're also going to go take it a step further. There is one way that all of us can help people in the SAG union. A lot of us forget that movie stars aren't all millionaires. And that's what happens in these things, unfortunately, is there's eventually most of the public goes, well, we're just in an argument between billionaires and millionaires. Well, unfortunately, that's not true. There's people who are camera operators, extras, grips, whatever, you know, assistants on set. They're all part of this and they're not working right now. The nice part about the union is they have funds to take care of them. But those funds, if it goes long, could run low. So there is ways to donate to both SAG and to WGA. So if you would like to support the effort, uh, because we are also going to do this, um, we're going to put it in the liner notes for this podcast. I'm going to try to get it on the internet because, or on the website, so the, the internet, like it's not already there. If uh, the links to the SAG after uh, foundation, which is uh, the SAG foundation is basically where you can donate money. You could do it as a one-time thing or a monthly gift or whatever you want to do to kind of help support. And WGA has their own version of that on their website as well. I'm going to put those links in the description of this podcast. And then I'm trying to, I'm going to try to get them up on three FN podcast.com before we, I go on vacation. If you don't trust the links, cause I know <laughs> like somebody like me never trust the link. And even if I'm putting it up, <laughs> uh, if you don't, uh, then just go to the SAG website or the WGA website and go underneath their scrolling. The donation thing is there and you can go ahead and donate to the cause. Uh, that is the best way because some of those folks who don't make or are, are not millionaires, they're just like you and I who are making, you know, ends meet paycheck to paycheck. And if that money starts to run low, they'll help fund them. But if the money runs low for them, you know, it's kind of a, a rough one too. So if you would like to support we're in support of that 110%. So every episode, we will mention about where you can donate going forward. We won't give the whole spiel like I did today, but we will give the, actually, before we do the review, we will let you know where to go to donate to SAG and WGA members. But yes, we definitely stand behind them. All right, now that we've gotten that business out of the way, it's time to have some fun. It's time to hit up. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Welcome to Diesel's movie Triple Stuff. Coming in at number five this week, we have Elemental pulling in another $8.7 million. Nice. Get him. 
Dropping down to the number four spot, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny with $12 million. Well, that's been out for, what, three weeks now? Three weeks. Yeah, yeah well, that's that's one week longer than The Flash from the top mm-hmm. five. Woo-hoo. Number three, Insidious, the Red Door, with another $13 million. Damn, they're making a lot of money. No controversy here. Sound of Freedom with $27 million. Legit. <laughs> I was going to say, last last week they were over in the 20s, uh, millions also. Yeah. And then a total combined, because uh, they counted some of like the early goals, it was like 80-some million. Yeah. So they've made over $100 million. There shouldn't be any complaints there. And debuting this week, and it's got two numbers because it did open up a day early. So the weekend gross for Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 was $56 million, but its total gross is $80 million. Damn! Open it up strong for the newest Mission Impossible movie. Uh, and for, uh, you, Ron, you went to see it. Are you I, giving it the recommendation I, or not? <laughs> thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle. Ron, you're I'm, on the hot spot. I'm, I'm a thumbs down person on this movie. Uh, it, it, and Tone didn't Tone didn't like it as much either. The only he's a fan I, of the series. Yeah, huh? So I, I thumbs down, man. I, I don't think it's worth it. Well, if you uh, take your if you take your cues from Ron, he's warned you there. If not, go ahead and go see it because I've I've heard from other people it's really good. I have not seen it, so I can't speak on it. Cannot speak on another can diesel. But coming out this week, we can speak on it because it is the Barbie Heimer weekend. We have opening up Oppenheimer this week and Barbie. One movie's three hours, one movie's just short of two hours. <laughs> <laughs> so five hours of movie going uh, fun for anybody who's going to the theaters. Of course, I already mentioned it. Next week's 3FN Movie Club review will be Barbie and uh, our patrons over on Patreon. They're getting Oppenheimer as a bonus uh, review. There you go. Coming out the following week on July 28th, we have The Haunted Mansion and the movie Talk to Me. Haunted Mansion will also be a Patreon exclusive because I'm going on vacation. I can't guarantee that I'll get to the theater before while I'm on vacation next week. So uh, we're actually going to be doing the 25th anniversary of the South Park classic, if you will basketball mm-hmm. uh so it's gonna be a lot of fun i've always liked basketball yeah i haven't seen it in a few years so we're gonna see if it's still ted stood the test of time when i rewatch it well diesel now that we've gone past what's coming up in the box office and of course the box office numbers that can only mean one thing is left and that is what's this week's top three this is your top three Based in reality, space movies. Based in reality as much as they can be yes. based in reality. <laughs> what I was. So, I example, as you point out, Star Trek, Star Wars, not allowed. Yeah. Because, obviously, that's fictional. So, of course, my number three is the greatest space movie of all time, 65. Prove that it was wrong. <laughs> Prove that it wasn't real. <laughs> oh, you're a dick. <laughs> it was a creation of our planet. <laughs> I'm just jo- by the way I'm joking uh, if you ever uh, want to hear what we thought of 65 uh, it's probably what most of you thought of it I know uh, recently our good friend Sean Carr uh, said that he was watching it and he turned it off halfway through I saw that in his comments yes uh, so uh, uh, yeah it's not, not very not very good uh, so uh, in all reality uh, my number three man this is a fucking like this is a hard one because like I have to think of like things that are like based in reality and I know my number one my number one was easy for me, but my number three and two is just like, ah. My, so I'm going to use this loosely for my number three, and I'm picking the day after tomorrow because technically it has to do with the Earth's gravitational pull, no. so that is outer space. We're going to go on technicalities on that one. Uh, my number two is going to be... Damn, this is this is rough. My mm-hmm. number two is actually going to be the movie we're talking about today, Armageddon. Mm-hmm. Armageddon, I think that it's got a, a great premise as far as you know what's going to go on in the end. 
And my number one deep impact. Oh, no, joking. Let's get Wow, I, can't, I just can't get away from joking, guys. I just can't get away from joking. I'm going to skip number one. Go ahead, Ryan. <laughs> See, this is we don't plan yeah. this ahead no. of time. I wish we really did because sometimes I'm like, I don't know what the fuck to pick. All right, so I'm putting Armageddon at number three just because it's a little more sci-fi-ish. Yeah, but, but it's kind of based in reality. Well, everything is kind of based. Kind mm-hmm. of. Like, so uh, number two, I'm putting Gravity. thought that was actually really good. Yeah, that was a good movie. I should have picked that as number one. And then number one, I'm putting Interstellar. And you could probably switch them around if you really want to. I would prefer Interstellar over Gravity. But yeah, I, mean, I, yeah. Can, see, I can see your argument to put them, switch them around. But that's... All right, Diesel. All right, coming in at number three, we got the movie Mission to Mars. Oh, okay. I forgot about that one. I really enjoyed that movie a lot. I thought it was really cool. And it was a cool premise on the theory that maybe the Mars was inhabited once. Number two, we're going we're gonna to go with the 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 classic Apollo 13. Yeah, I forgot about that one, too. <laughs> See, this is what happens. I get on the spot, I forget about these. Oh. Which makes for a shit-piss-poor podcasting. I just want to point that out. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> I'm just doing your lines now, Diesel. I'm fine with it. And then number one, we're going with this week's movie as well, Armageddon. You know, disaster coming. This is something that theoretically could happen. <laughs> All right, with that, that's going to do it for this week's Diesel's movie, Triple Stuff. When we end there, we enter right on into... Welcome to... Three Offense Movie Club. Refreshments are available in the lobby. And please, keep our theater clean by disposing of trash in specified containers. And remember... Gift certificates are available for any special occasion. Enjoy the show. That is right, it is now time for the 3 FN Movie Club Review. Of course, this week we went back into the Wayback Machine and went back 25 years to the year 1998. To dig up the Bruce Willis classic Armageddon for this week's 3FN Movie Club Review. And a uh, little story before we jump into the, the must here is, of course, this is the second part of the twin movies. Because we did Deep Impact back in May. And, of course, it was a twin movie with Armageddon. So uh, I'll jump more and we're going to have a little discussion at the end of the review about uh, the twin movies. Uh, just as a little teaser there. But for those of you who might not be familiar with how we review movies here, uh, including anybody who's listening for the first time, and uh, thank you so much for giving us a chance. We really don't suck. Please, please continue to listen. Uh, <laughs> we uh, like to do the uh, older movies in a different way. So when we do new movies, we do a spoiler-free section, and then we take a break, and then we do a spoiler-full section. When we do older movies, we just kind of kick get rid of the break because there's no reason to have the break there so we're going to go through and it'll be spoiler free in the beginning with the synopsis the stats of the movie who made the movie who starred in the movie and then instead of going to our thumbs up thumbs down or thumbs in the middle spoiler full uh spoiler free sorry (laughs) uh recommendation we are going to go over to just into the the spoiler full review so therefore if you haven't seen it that's kind of your time to dip out we will give you a quick warning before jumping in but once again it's a 25 year old movie so hopefully everybody has seen 1998's armageddon with that, let's jump into the review, shall we, folks? And Diesel, I believe... Man, I got a story to tell! With an asteroid the size of Texas headed towards Earth, a group of roughneck miners are tasked to see if they have the right stuff to avoid a deep impact. 
Ah, I like that. You mix in like five different movies. I like it. I like it. All right. So Armageddon, of course, was released on July 1st of 1998 with a runtime of 151 minutes. Uh, The budget of this film was estimated at $140 million. Domestically, this movie made $201.6 million. And worldwide, $553.7 million. So it made its money back. And then some... Surprise, there wasn't a sequel called Armageddon 2, The Electric Boogaloo. (laughs) Uh, I don't know if you can really follow up Armageddon. Well, now that we uh, know the synopsis and the stats, let's find out who made this movie. Who made this movie? Of course, this movie was directed by the legendary Michael Bay. (laughs) I say that with a little tingle in my throat. Although, when I was going through his directed movies, believe it or not, his directed movies are, are, are not the problem. His ladies and gentlemen, you have to remember, Michael Bay gave us Bad Boys in 1995 as his first directed movie. That's his first movie he yes. directed. Not produced, wrote, he did all those other stuff. But his first movie directing was Bad Boys. Uh, the Rock, Pearl Harbor, Bad Boys 2, and then Ron's favorite, the Transformers franchise. Uh, by, the way, he did all, by the way, all of those in, in order were in direct oral order for him. He yeah. didn't do any movies in between. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. Uh, a movie I know we did enjoy, Pain and Gain. He directed. Yes. Uh, Six Underground. I know that uh, Ron got a little excited for that because uh, a certain heartthrob of it's, his is in it. It's not a bad movie. It's, it's not great. but And, of course, a movie we didn't go see, but uh, we did have fun talking about Ambulance. Ambulance. So, yeah. Ambulance. Yeah, that one missed, we missed that one. I still have yet to watch we it. We did not miss that one. <laughs> I still have yet to watch that one. All right, so writers. <laughs> this was a tough one because there's a lot of different ones. So first of all, the story. The story, not any kind of script. The story was written by Robert Roy Poole. Uh, he also wrote stories for The Big Town in 1987, which is his first one, and also the movie Outbreak. He wrote the story yep. for that. Now we get into the adaptation, guys. So we have two guys who wrote the adaptation from that story. First... Shane Salerno, uh, his first, this was his first movie. This is the first movie he ever worked on. Uh, he would go on, though, to write Shaft. That would be the one with uh, Samuel L. Jackson. Aliens vs. Predator Requiem. And most recently, Avatar The Way of Water. Ooh, all right. So I guess he's shooting for the sky. <laughs> uh, the other adaptation writer on this would be Tony Gilroy. And uh, Tony's first movie was The Cutting Edge back in 1992. He then did Dolores Claiborne, The Devil's Advocate. Uh, and he wrote all the Bourne franchise and a movie that we love, Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Oh, nice. So pretty good adaptation writers here, I should say. Now we get to the screenplays. There's two guys who wrote the screenplay for this movie. First up, Jonathan Hensley. First movie that uh, Jonathan wrote was A Far Off Place in 1993. He also wrote Die Hard with a Vengeance, Jumanji, The Saint, the 2004 Punisher movie with Thomas Jane, and uh, The Ice Road most recently. Nice road. Nice. Yeah, I knew you would get a pop out of that. That's why I put it in there. And, of course, the other writer of this film, J.J. motherfucking Abrams. Okay, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, J.J. Abrams was the other writer. Uh, by the way, a movie I brought up last week is kind of funny. It came about. Do you want to know what the first movie that J.J. Abrams ever wrote was? Taking Care of Business in 1990. Oh, wow. wow. So I didn't, I didn't even know that until uh, I looked this up yesterday yeah, for the I show. would never guess that. Uh, of course, he would then also write regarding Harry. Or regarding Henry, I said Harry. Regarding Henry, Forever Young, Joyride, the movie that terrified you, Diesel, but you still went because... Lily Sobolewski. Yes. Mm. Uh, Mission Impossible 3, Super 8, Star Wars Episode 7, The Force Awakens, and then Star Wars Episode 9, The Rise of Skywalker. Those are... There's a few other writing credits I left out. Those are the big ones. Okay. We're not talking about his directorial movies. We're just talking about writing credits. 
Next up, director of photography, John Schwartzman. Uh, first movie that John Schwartzman uh, was the DP for, You Can't Hurry Love in 1988. Then he would do Benny and June, Airheads, The Rock, Conspiracy Theory, so we got our Mel Gibson fix in there, Ed TV, Pearl Harbor, Seabiscuit, Meet the Fockers, The Amazing Spider-Man, Jurassic World, and Jurassic World Dominion. Nice. So uh, he just didn't do the middle movie in that series. And last but not least, then the composer role, doing all the score for the movie, Trevor Rabin. And uh, Trevor Rabin's first movie, speaking of Steven Seagal, as we were on Patreon earlier, The Glimmer Man. Ooh. Ooh. 1996. Con Air... Jack Frost, Deep Blue Sea, Gone in 60 Seconds, Remember the Titans, Rockstar, Bad Boys 2, Snakes on a Plane, and National, the National Treasure franchise, nice. including the TV series on Disney+. Plus. Oh, nice. So he did all of that. So nice. that is your composer. So now that we know who made the movie, it is time to find out who the stars were. For the love of God, will someone please punch me in the face so I can see some scars? And now, normally you know, like we do with the writers and everything, we usually do a deep dive. However, there are so many damn actors in yeah. this movie that we are going to save the deep dive. We're going to give the roles and stuff and just give a couple of things out there. So don't crucify us. We're not talking about the first movies. There's just too many people because this is going to be long as is because Armageddon had a hell of an all-star cast. Uh, first up, playing the role of Harry S. Stamper, that is the legendary Bruce Willis. Uh, of course, you remember Bruce Willis from the Die Hard uh, franchise because he's been in every Die Hard movie. Uh, of course, uh, Fifth Element, uh, Tears from the Sun, uh, Looper, yeah. <laughs> and the list goes on and on. Any other shout-outs you want to give for Bruce Willis? Because let's be honest, he's been fucking amazing. He's been on everything. My favorite role for him, though, is Unbreakable. Yes, Unbreakable's great. Next up, playing the role of Dan Truman, the one and only Billy Bob Thornton. Of course, Monsters Ball, Bad Santa. Uh, <laughs> Greatest comedy ever told, Sling Blade. Oh, yes. Uh, <laughs> dude, you know, you know, he really broke the, like, the early internet with that movie and then later yeah. on. Sling Blade was great. So Billy Bob Thornton. Next up, speaking of legendary actors, and I mean this, I'm not joking. A.J. Frost played by Ben Affleck. Uh, of course, Bat Flack, who's Batman. He's been uh, the Daredevil, so he's done a couple comic book movies. Of course, we remember him from Kevin Smith movies, in particular Chasing Amy, I would say, mm -hmm. Dogma, where he's trying to end humanity. He's trying to save it in this movie. He's trying to end it in that one. That's kind of intriguing. Having sex in an uncomfortable place like the back of a Volkswagen <laughs> and Mallrats. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> so, Ben Affleck, of course, legendary. Next up, Grace Stamper, played by Liv Tyler. And, of course, Liv Tyler, you remember her. Uh, I think a lot of the people that listen to this show would definitely remember her from the Lord of the Rings movies. And then on top of that, she's been in a ton of other stuff, let's yeah. be honest. Like, as of one time, she was like the hit girl, her and uh, Alicia Silverstone. And yes. the Aerosmith videos. Which is even weirder, because <laughs> yeah. that's Steven Tyler's daughter. Although, he didn't know it was his daughter, but by the time those videos were made, he knew it was his daughter. Mm -hmm. Makes it a lot weirder. Next up, playing Chick, Will Patton. I, I, legendary character actor, you have to say. Oh yeah, I yeah. love Will Patton, but you you know when you see him, remember the Titans. That's one of his starring roles, actually. Yeah. So you remember the Titans, Gone in sixty seconds. Uh, let's see, there's tons of movies. Yeah. Of course, most recently the Halloween, the David Gordon Green Halloween trilogy. He was in. Uh, gotta love him. And here, speaking of gotta love, playing the role of Rockhound, the legendary Steve Buscemi, uh, Reservoir Dogs, uh, Boardwalk Empire. <laughs> Paper Moon. Yeah, Big Dude, Lebowski. I really drew deep on Paper Moon. Bill Lebowski, of course, is one of them. Jesus, what has Steve Buscemi yeah. not been in? <laughs> of course, some Adam Sandler flicks, because go figure, he has comedy chops. My personal favorite being Mr. Deeds. Yeah, he oh, was great in Mr. Deeds. <laughs> I don't know if that squirrel's giving me the eye. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Uh, next up, uh, somebody who's a, a little smaller... Uh, 
of an actor compared to the other big ones, but I still love him in movies. Uh, that would be William Fitchner. Of course, you remember him from Drive Angry, Crash, Black Hawk Down. Uh, I would say character actor because you see him in a ton of stuff. Great character actor and... Again, he was great in Go. <laughs> oh, he's amazing in Go. <laughs> yes. Amazing in Go. Uh, next up, playing the role of Oscar, Owen Wilson. Of course, we all remember Owen Wilson from Starsky and Hutch. Uh, of course, he was in the, the what, the Night of the Museum, the last yep. one. or No, he was in both of them because he was the, the cowboy yep. in both the movies. Uh, also, Wedding Crashers, The Royal Tenenbaums. Uh, of course, we all loved him in uh, the Loki se- series yep. on Disney+. Plus. Next up, and it pains me to say this, but the late, great Michael Clark Duncan playing the role of Bear. <laughs> and, uh, of course, we know him mostly from, like, got to be honest, the Green Mile. Green Mile. Yeah. Is where Sin City, the whole nine yards. Michael Clark Duncan, fucking amazing. Yeah. Uh, dude. Yeah. Oh, great. Great later. But I heard, you know, rumor, like, how it all went. Then he got, this was his first movie, and it was, like, atrocious on set. Probably. It was because it was his first set of movies. But, like, it's like he's come all, he was one of the few actors that came a long way. Yeah, unfortunately, we lost him yeah. back in 2012, and, and that sucks. Of course, because I'm a wrestling fan, he was a huge wrestling fan. You see him in the front row, a lot of big wrestling events. Uh, next up, playing Lev Andropov, uh, Peter Stormar. Uh, Peter Stormar, he was great in this movie. You remember him from Fargo, of course. Yes. Of course, Steve Buscemi also. Yep. Uh, and of course, the brothers Grimm, Constantine. You know, if you see when you see him, no. you know you've seen him in things. Prison Break. Prison Break. Yeah, you, you've seen him in things. You know that, but like. Yeah. He was great. I think yeah. he's one of the best parts of this movie. We'll talk about it during the review. Russian components, American components, all made in Taiwan. Next up, Ken Hudson Campbell playing Max. And Max is lovable. Uh, unfortunately, you know, he's mostly got the small roles. He was the Santa Claus in the Home Alone movie, the original Home Alone. Yep. Yep. Uh, Down Periscope, Groundhog Day. Uh, a lot of character acting. Very funny dude. He fit right in with this crew, yeah. if you will. Now let's give some quick shout-outs to some people who uh, just happened to be in the movie that, uh, you know... There's three of them, and all of them I, I'm big fans of. Uh, first one, the legendary Keith David, playing uh, General Kimsey and uh, Diesel. Where do you remember the legendary Keith David from? Oh, sitting on the couch in Requiem for a Dream. <laughs> what, what, what is the exact line, Diesel? I know it's pretty baby, but it ain't going to suck itself. I got to love it. Uh, next up, in a man who was the king of comedy for a little while, if you remember, the one and only uh, Eddie Griffin. <laughs> Eddie Griffin. By the way, very short role in this movie, but I love his role in this movie. Like that opening sequence when he's in, well, technically it's the second sequence, but still, when he's in the movie with his little dog, it's, it's, it's amazing. Yes. It's amazing. <laughs> and, of course, the other shout-out, and uh, I only got a shout-out, because playing Stu the Cabbie. Mark Curry hanging with Mr. Cooper. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, when I saw him in the movie, I was like, "Oh shit, that's Mark Curry!" Yeah. <laughs> like it just threw me off. I was, I, I was, you know, you don't really expect to see Mark Curry. I don't know why. It's '98. Hanging with Mr. Cooper was a huge show. Yeah, right around that time. I want to go shopping. We're in a traffic jam. <laughs> it was good. Uh, so those are your stars of the movie. We're gonna give you this final warning here. We're going to be jumping into the full spoiler review of 1998's Armageddon. If you haven't seen it and you don't want it spoiled, this is your time to stop the podcast and come back later on. If not, we're jumping in right now. And uh, let's jump right in. Uh, I'm not going to go scene for scene because we don't usually do that. We usually just do good and bad, but we got to do an outline. And I will say this. We'll talk about the twin movies real quick. (laughs) And we talked about, we did Deep Impact. Go back and listen to it. It's in the archive. And boy, that was a boring movie. Uh And boy, was the CGI and, and VFX terrible now mind you the the cgi in some of this movie and the gra- vfx in some of this movie 
is definitely aged. It's 1998. However, it still looked like it looked like Breaking Edge today compared to Deep Impact. Yes. Am I wrong? Yes. Uh, the visual effects they weren't you know up to today's standards, but they still were sufficient. The was like, all right, they they did a really good job with the VFX in this entire movie. Where it's still 20-some years later, 25 years later, you're still like, all right, that looks good. Yeah, it looked decent. Uh, I always forget this movie opens up with that little uh, bit about the dinosaurs. Yeah. We yeah. get the, like, the little thing in the history of Earth, and then we go right over into, uh, we're under attack, <laughs> basically from an asteroid. Uh, parts of the remnants come out, slam into New York City, we get the Eddie Griffin moment. In the meantime, right before that happens, we do get the, the fun throwaway kind of scene, if you will, with uh, the astronomer whose wife is like, I want a divorce. And he's like, woman, give me the phone. I got to call somebody. <laughs> and later on, like the only other thing that this guy's in the entire movie is the scene where they come and talk to him. He goes, I get to name it, right? Because I saw it. So I'm going to name it after my wife because she'd be the end of humanity. <laughs> she's a soul-sucking leech who will be the end of everything. And she's just flipping him off. Like, <laughs> thinking that he's finally being sweet to her and just, no. <laughs> That's, once again, when I said the dialogue in this movie is amazing, yeah. that's what I'm talking about. So, we have, uh, the, they know this asteroid's going to hit in 18 days. We got 18 days, and I love the line, <laughs> the line when the, the general first comes to talk to, uh, Harry? The, come, no, he oh. first comes to talk to um, Billy Bob Thornton's character. Yeah, Truman. And he, he, Truman, thank you. I, I was drawing a blank on the name, and I turned off IMDb because I'm not smart about this. Uh, <laughs> so, basically, when, when he comes and talks to Truman, uh, the general goes, you know, well, why didn't we see this before? And he goes, well... Uh, we get a million dollars a year to, to look at the sky. And guess what? It's a big sky. <laughs> yep. I just thought that was fucking hilarious. We can look at 3% of the sky. It's a big sky. <laughs> <laughs> it's it, it was really, I just thought it was hilarious because it's actually real life, yeah. too. Yeah. So it was just kind of funny and out of place. So the idea comes up with, uh, they have like a very smart scientist there. And he's basically like, well, if we drill into this and nuke it, we could split it in half. You know, the comp- composition of it should be as such because they can study the rocks that did hit the planet. So, how are we going to drill into this? Oh, I got an idea. Let's go talk to the best drill guy that's ever lived. And that's how we get introduced to Harry. And, of course, how do we get introduced to Harry, Ron? <laughs> he walks in, or either he's on his uh, oil rig in the middle of the ocean, and he's pissed off because he closed down one of the tubes, and uh, Ben Affleck's character there freaking ends up running it at night. And so he goes into the room, and they'll be like, what are you doing in here? And he's like... What, what do you do? I closed it down. And he's just like agreeing with him. Ben Affleck's just agreeing with him through the whole thing. And he's just like, wait, you've never agreed with me this, this soon. <laughs> then you find out his daughter's in bed with him. That's right. He's been <laughs> sleeping with the daughter. So dad goes and gets a shotgun. <laughs> Chases him through the oil rig. Hey, you can, I'm not going to kill him. I'm just going to blow off a foot. A guy can work with one foot. <laughs> yeah, you, you remember so-and-so? He, he, he worked with one hand. Yeah, but he wasn't really good, boss. <laughs> I, I just love how every other, all the other group, the, the whole group, is like a family. So they're all like, come on. And like uh, Michael Clark Duncan at yeah. one point juncture gets in his way. And he's like, he's like, get out of my way, Bear. And he's like, I was just trying to buy my boy a little bit of time. <laughs> but yeah, we're introduced to the entire crew and through some funny moments yeah. because we get, you know, we get Bear, you know, being a boy for AJ. <laughs> And then uh, also, we learned that Rockhound was the one who taught Grace how to use a tampon. 
<laughs> yes, which is interesting in its own because Rock Hound is the sex perv. Yep. He's a genius, but he's a sex perv. So it's kind of like he has to show me how weird. to use it. I never showed her how to use it. I told her how to use it. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, you find all this out, and then basically he gets summoned by the U.S. government. Harry does. So he goes and meets with Truman, and basically they tell him, "Hey, well, the Earth is going to end because of this fucking uh, asteroid, and we need uh, your help." And so they show him the drill they're using, which is them taking the patent from his drill and he points that out and he goes well you can't just send astronauts up there they don't know how to do this he's like you're gonna need us and he goes well let's see who we need so we get this cool montage of them rounding up the crew now mind you we got to meet them briefly on the on the rig but then we get to see them in their natural habitats uh i I love the fact that bear is uh getting chased out by helicopters while on motorcycle (laughs) helicopters and police cars and he's like come get papa bear uh, you know, and, and like as you go on, Oscar is at his ranch and he's running away on a horse. Yeah. And uh, they come in and uh, they bust Rockhound at a bar talking to some girl who's telling, well, it's a stripper, but she she's happy she got engaged. And he's like, oh, that's not a real diamond. Yeah. He's like, do you want to go talk about this? <laughs> and then also when they, they, the FBI goes, I, I swear I didn't ask her age. <laughs> that was his first go-to. So you had this like nice yeah. fun montage and they bring them all into the, you know, the NASA and they end up start running tests on him. Of course, we get the, the famous bear, uh, them telling bear that his cholesterol and everything is shot through the roof. And he just jumps up on the, uh, the gurney in his underwear, his, his, his cheetah print underwear. And he starts dancing around because he's like, oh, God, look at this big beef. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we get the ragtag group of roughneck miners and obviously not NASA material. <laughs> yeah, I, I love the, the poor psychologist because as they show the different people and like you get in there and Rockhound's basically like, you know, I'm a fucking genius. Yeah. You, you understand, I've had, I had two master degrees from MIT, or yeah, two master's degrees from MIT by the age of 20 and like going all the like thing. He's like, he's like, the only reason I do this job is because it allows me to travel and not be bothered by people. Like that. And blow shit up. Yeah, and blow shit up and it's cool. Yeah. It's a cool job. And like like Michael Clark Duncan's crying, Bear's crying about like it's like, like it's just a wild like experience. Like I I have to give credit to the montage. One of the most fun things yeah. in a movie. Like you're gonna take a montage through through a movie. So anyways, they start putting them even though they fail. It says on their jacks they fail. They say NASA approved on the yes. top of it. I always thought that was a fun scene where he's just like NASA approved. Because uh, basically it comes down to like uh, I don't, these guys are unstable as hell. I don't think they're fit for anything. Yeah. And he's like. Well, can they go to space is all we need to know. NASA approved. <laughs> so yep. they start training them because they have to have a crash course on going to space and learning how to use equipment and, like, no gravity. And uh, they're definitely a ragtag group. And, like, it goes over some time. And we find out that AJ really, really, really wants to marry Grace. And, and you know, Grace makes, you know, has this nice moment with her dad where mm-hmm. she makes him promise that he's going to come home. Yeah. And then also makes him promise to bring AJ home. And uh, then we're off to the fucking outer space. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of there's a lot of downtime in between. That's one yeah. of my c- complaints that there is some downtime in between because they do such a good job of portraying the characters really early that we already kind of have this relationship. Although, not skipping over it because this is one of probably Diesel's favorite parts. Diesel, before they go to space, what do they get? They get one night to do whatever they want. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I just love that Rockhound goes out and just starts. Borrowing money all over town yeah. because a hundred thousand dollars <laughs> from one loan shark at thirty percent, and then he goes wastes it on a on a stripper. My favorite part of that is when the guy goes, "This is an awful lot of money. You sure you're going to be able to pay me back? You're not going to die, right?" He yeah. goes, 
I've got no, I got no more of a chance of dying than you do. <laughs> <laughs> so they get one last hurrah on Earth before they got to go be the Earth's final heroes. <laughs> they get, they get arrested because uh, they get a fight with uh, some bikers. Yep. in a bar. And the cops come and arrest him. And I love how with the cops, Rock House is like, you guys have made a big mistake. We're, we're NASA saviors. We're astronauts. <laughs> uh, of course, we also do get the scene. That's where we get the scene where uh, Chick, Will Patton's character, goes and visits his ex-wife. And the kid doesn't know yeah. that that's his father. But yeah. he says, hey, listen, I know. Just give me, just just listen and hear me out. You'll This will make sense in a few days. Can you, if something happens, can you just give him this? Because I just think, you know, it yeah, was a little. Got something big happening. It was like, it was a little NASA ship and yeah. there was a note attached. And she f- agrees. And that, so you get this nice little, like, like okay, he's got to let everybody else kind of fucking party hardy, right? Yeah. So we get on the ship and we and we go into space and then it becomes a normal action film. I, I honestly didn't mind the egregiousness because it seems like every stop we have something new. Uh, so first they're going to rendezvous at the International Space Station where they're going to refill the, the fuel for both of the ships, the Freedom and the Independence. And there, that's where we get to we get to meet Lev. <laughs> it's and so much fun. Lev is amazing. It's like, so much fun in this movie. Lev's like, don't touch anything. <laughs> <laughs> and what happens at the space station, Diesel? Well, they, they meet Lev. They they start to get refueled. Uh, we have some funny moments with that. But then, you know what's happening? We're gonna have some shit fucking fly right into us and. Make us have to depart. Movie. Yeah. depart really quick. The, ga- the, the gas lines <laughs> fucking go haywire, and there's a yeah. fire on the International <laughs> Space Station, and they're they they're actually originally leaving Lev and AJ behind. Yeah. They crawl through yeah. this area, yeah. for, you know, get out. I thought that was kind of neat because they give you the, the the belief that they're not going to make yeah. it. Yeah, it was a solid belief. Like you really thought, like, oh shit, they're they're gone. Like holy fuck, Affleck's dead already. Yeah, <laughs> you like, know, and Lev, we just met Lev, and I like this guy. <laughs> but Lev Lev steals the scene when he yeah. shows up. So now we're off because what they're going to do now is they're going to slingshot around the moon's gravity pull so they can come up behind the asteroid and land properly. And their hopes, their hopes are that the tail of the asteroid, the debris, basically, because of the, the gravitational pull of the moon, is going to clear the way for them. Well... Ron, does their way get cleared for them? Oh, hell no. <laughs> That's a Michael Bay movie. Shit, I think he added more asteroids to the back of it just for shits and giggles. And, I, of course, we lose the one ship. We lose yeah. the freedom. Yep. Uh, the freedom does go down. In the case of going down, we lose we lose a few of our, our, our heroes. Uh, we On the ship, the only people left are Lev, Bear, and AJ after they find each other. And they can't get a hold of them. So nobody knows that these guys yeah. are alive. They do get into the armadillo, which uh, they have two armadillos. And they basically is the space rover that they're going to use to drill. So because the original plan was to dr- both of them were going to drill at the same time. Whoever hit 800 feet first was the winner. Yep. So that way, if one was fuck- fucks up, the other one might not. Yeah. Double plan. Actually, believe it or not, this is a, the first time that we've watched like a disaster film where they have a fucking solid plan. Yeah. Now, mind you, everything goes wrong. But, but there's a it, solid plan to begin with. Yeah. And even though they only have the one plan, they actually were smart enough to put the contingency plan in with having the liberty yeah. and the freedom. And then, you know, obviously stuff's going to go wrong. <laughs> so now, you know, the independence has landed, but they're not where they're supposed to be. Uh, but uh, you know what? We got to drill, baby, drill, because they only have so much time. Because once they get past this Goldilocks zone, it doesn't matter what happens. Because if they blow it up at that point, it won't clear the planet. So just two big pieces will yeah. hit instead of one giant one. So basically, they're racing against time. And you know, it's going to happen, of course, as they're drilling through the first time. Uh, they blow feet. a tranny. Yeah, like, oh, we, we want 10 feet. Never saw never saw us lose a... Uh, uh, 
Tran- oh, it's transmission because he said yeah. never lose a. Tra- we haven't lost a tranny this quick ever because yeah. the transmission. Yeah. Well, now we have. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Now we have. Now we need to get the other one on. Yeah. And in the meantime, the powers that be start freaking out. So we find out that there's a yet another contingency <laughs> plan. And uh, Diesel, what is this other contingency plan? This is. Hey, we have all these nukes. We're just going to blow them up right on the surface. <laughs> and fuck, we're all going to die yep. with them. <laughs> so basically, you know, that's where we get the reveal that the colonel is, obviously he's the head yeah. in charge. He's going to go, you know, uh, with Colonel Sharp, he's going to uh, go into this thing, get the codes. They're going to arm them from the ground. They're going to blow them up. And he's got a gun. And it leads to one of my favorite <laughs> lines because literally, literally, and I don't understand, Chick looks at him and goes, why do you got to go in space? <laughs> <laughs> this is after like Bruce Willis is like, I'm going to fuck you up. Yeah. Like you got, you got like two seconds to put that shit down and help me out or else I'm just going to kill us all anyways. And uh, he ends up whacking him and choking him with his fucking, th- these forceps pretty yeah. much. And he basically goes, are you going to help us or not? So, you know, him and the other uh, astronaut disarm the bomb, which is cool. Yeah. Cause Harry is like, we can do this. We're, we're going to do this. Blowing up the bombs out here is just going to kill us, and the world's going to end. <laughs> so they go, okay. He goes, and basically, Sharp goes to him. Can you, you know, guarantee? He's like, I've never not hit a mark. So okay, they they undo the bomb. They stop the bomb from working. The ground can't blow it up. They change the transmission out, and now we're back to drilling, drill, baby, drill. And they get about eh, five hundred or six hundred feet down. They yes, get so. a little ways down, and then there's basically a backdraft, and that that unfortunately kills our buddy Max. Yep, yep. Max is gone. R.I.P. Max. <laughs> but and just when you think because it ruins the armadillo and everything else and just when you think hope's over here comes aj bear and lev of course they had a little journey to get there uh diesel how did they end up getting to where our heroes were not as egregious as moonfall but they did a few little space jumps <laughs> going across the little craters and divides of the asteroid and of course lev reminding us i've got to save us again <laughs> Which is still, which is still funny because he's still like, "What are we doing?" Left's like, "What are we doing?" And AJ's just like, "I don't know." There's a dot. There's a beaking dot here. <laughs> that's where I'm driving to because everything else is all fucked up. So I'm just driving to this blinking dot. And if you don't like it, you can walk. And he goes, "That's fine. I just needed another plan." <laughs> and like, like uh, even when they jump the canyon, it's like, "Oh, we turn a thrust off." And even Love goes, "That could work. We could flow into space." <laughs> But that could work. <laughs> and, of course, something goes wrong because the line, the fuel lines are frozen, so they can't get it back on. Lev fixes them, and everybody ends up being okay, and they all celebrate together. And then, like I said, they show up. Just when you think all hope is gone, they show up, and they drill, baby, drill the rest of the way. Unfortunately, though, we get a new problem. What is the new problem, Ron? The, the remote detonate doesn't work. Yes. So now they got to draw straws. So now we got to figure it out. Now, in the meantime... In the meantime, (laughs) Rockhound is riding the the nuclear Well, before he rides the nuclear warhead, he decides to uh, start shooting shit up with a machine gun and going crazy. Then he's riding the, he's like, basically, he's he's quoting Dr. Strangelove. But you can't remember, I just wanted to feel the power between my legs. I kind of feel like I could ride this in as we're going and killing the Earth. Because at this point, he's like going crazy, going, we're going to fucking die anyways, right? He's kind of like hoping he's going to die because he knows that. He's got nothing left back on Earth. He racked up a lot of debt. He was going up in this like 
oh, maybe we'll save the day, but I'm not coming back. So he was mentally checked out. There's there's part, there's part of that, but there's also what uh, Sharp calls space dementia. Yeah. He goes, yeah. basically, he's gone crazy. We've seen this happen in, 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 in astronauts in the past. So I think that, yes, part of it was that, but I think part of it was he was going crazy yeah. from being in space. He's like, so when they tie him down, well, duct tape him down to a chair inside of the <laughs> spaceship, he's just basically like, uh, like he's like, man, I can't see it. I, I had a good seat picked out up there to watch the end of the world. This is bullshit. <laughs> And then, so like, much fun. they got to figure out who's going to stay behind and physically press the button and die with this asteroid. And so they're going to draw straws. But before they do, Rockhound's like, I'll do it. I want to die anyways. <laughs> but they can't trust Rockhound. They Rock can't Hound trust. That, that, that's all. It, and, and it was funny because uh, there's a, the, the quick line from Harry was like, we should have him do it, but we can't trust it. I'll push the button. <laughs> so they draw straws. And Diesel, who draws the short straw? In a sad twist of events... AJ draws a short straw. I gotta point this out. He takes it like a man. Yeah, he does. He's a baller. Because he's just like, like there's a moment where he kind of breathes, like that gives that big, and then he's like, well, you know, we all gotta die someday. And he's just, he's just, they fucking accepts it, you know, it says bye. He, you know. He he grew up then. Like, like his character development from the beginning to this point and the way that he took that, this shows how much his character grew up in those 18 days. And it's a very powerful scene, I think. So they go down the elevator. Uh, Harry says, I'm going to go down with him. And as he's going out, AJ says, you know, tell, tell Grace I love her. And, you know, obviously, you know, whatever. And, you know, I hope, you know, you're proud of me. And he goes to say, he, he, Harry's not saying anything because all of a sudden he goes, tell her yourself. And he just yanks the oxygen hose off of the back of the suit, pushes him back in the elevator, rips off his patch his, uh, from the Freedom yeah. and gives it to him. And says, make sure that goes to Truman. And the door's shut, and then, you know, the air, he hits the airlock so that he can breathe. And all of a sudden, he's, you know, AJ's like, what are you doing? This is my spot. No, what are you doing? He's like, he's like, you know, make sure that goes to Truman. He is like, you're not going to die today. You know, and he starts, this is where the, the, the emotions start, because he starts by telling him, you know, I, you know, I want you to know that I was always proud of you. I thought of you as a son, and it's too bad that I'm not going to see you marry my daughter, but take care of Grace. And, and he's just, and of course, we get the, it is a slight overaction. I don't think it is as egregious as Seven, in my yeah. opinion. But uh, you have, like, hey, no! And, like, nobody cries like Ben Affleck, let's be honest. Yes. But so, <laughs> really powerful scene, though, with him. Just like, it's my job. He's like, no, your job is to watch after Grace now. And yeah. fucking back in there you go. Back and in the ship you go. And <laughs> yeah. Harry goes off. And it was funny because when he comes back up, and I say funny because this is all emotional, but it's funny because as he comes back up, Chick just goes, you know, I knew he wasn't going to let him go. Because like, they, like, they knew, you know. Yeah. And so their job is they're going to fly away, and he's going to give them a couple minutes before, and he's going to push the button. And before this happens, though, we get the – this is the part, and I'm going to be honest. It made me tear up. I had the tears because uh, they give him a link to Grace. And so he gets to speak to Grace, and, of course, she's upset her dad. You know, he opens it with the saddest line of, uh, you know, that promise I made you, I'm not going to be able to keep it. <laughs> and you're just like – Fuck <laughs> you, motherfucker! And you have this emotional moment, of course, when the computer's cut, and they're trying to get the ship going, and then some action happens on the asteroid because as the asteroid's fracturing a little bit because of the drilling, uh, there's some things going on, and I love it. It's classic Bruce Willis from Die Hard movies. He is talking shit to the fucking asteroid. He's just yeah. like, "Oh yeah, you think you're gonna throw some shit at me? Pretty soon you're gonna, you're gonna be <laughs> fucked, aren't you?" So basically, they finally get the the ship off the rock, and you know they've got about a minute left. And he gets blown back into a cavern, and and they don't know this. 
Obviously, because they're flying away, and it's getting closer. We're down to thirty seconds. We're yeah. down to twenty seconds. And you know, Colonel, you know, the Colonel Sharp goes, "I'm going to go back." And you know, Chick goes, "No, Harry doesn't ever fail. He's going to get this. Don't you worry." And obviously, something happened, but he's going to get it. Yeah. And literally, with like eight seconds left, you know, he pushes the fucking button, kabooey. Yeah, and he's just close up on his face. Oh yeah, it's, that was a beautiful it's, shot. Yeah. Beautiful yeah. shot. And then, boom, kabooey, it blows this side. You know, we get the reactions on Earth. The, it misses Earth, saves the day. They come home, and, you know, oh, everybody's there. Well, it's a fucked up scene because, like, everybody in NASA is all cheering and happy and stuff. And then you just look at Liv Tyler standing <laughs> at the top, like, ready to cry because you just lo- she knows she just lost her father. She has no idea if AJ's coming back. Yeah. You don't know where the ship is actually at that time. And you just have Truman look up and just go. And then, he go then he goes up and gives her the hug. Yeah. It's nice. But, you know, on top of that, earlier we had seen because she had said, you know, about, like, when they were going to blow it up. And Truman's fighting tooth and nail for the general and the president it not to do this and he's fighting tooth and nail and she's just you know th- my family's up there you know yeah. everything i have is up on that ship and it's just so it's just been all powerful on the ground the whole time and so when you get the finally we get you know the thing of she runs past everybody and i think it's funny the firemen are there i'm assuming just in case yeah because like and they know obviously nothing's wrong so whatever because they start clapping and, and yeah, cheering doesn't, well they the way they just in case they well just in case they needed something yeah. you know what i mean so you know but they start ch- clapping and cheering as soon as they see everybody and of course you know uh grace goes running to aj and they have the embrace and we get a good time and uh Truman comes over and, and, you know, gives a hug to AJ. And AJ goes, oh, uh, you know, Harry asked me to give this to you. And he, he just smiles because, you know, it meant that, something. That was also a powerful scene, too. Yeah, which yeah. Just I'm talking to you. And you find out Truman, the only reason why he's not an astronaut is because of his bum knee yeah. and leg. And he's just like, you know, I'd be... I'd, I'd be there with you, man, if I could. So the significance of the yeah, patch yeah. is you were there. Yeah. This is this yeah, is that you were yeah, in this. Those two scenes are just amazing. And then yeah. followed up with the colonel coming up to oh, talk to Grace. Oh, yeah. awesome. Requesting it, permission to shake the hand of like the greatest hero the, he's ever the met. Bravest man. He says the bravest <laughs> yeah. man. He says, I'm Colonel Sharp, and he, he, yeah. he stands there and waits for her to acknowledge and saluting at her. And then she says, I, I would like permission to shake the hand of the, the daughter of the bravest man I've yeah. ever met. And you're just like, that is fucking awesome. Yeah. Like, you, you have these moments where they all grew together and everybody, you know, and then you have the wedding during the the credits, credits and you have you know the pictures of everybody the, the few that died uh there in the front row and it's really just nice i, I just always thought that it was a great ending this great ending to the movie now that we've kind of gone through the movie like i said we don't do scene for scene so if we miss over stuff sorry guys That's uh we never do scene for scene we just kind of go over the skull but this one we went over a lot because i think we liked a lot of it <laughs> Uh, obviously, we talked about some likes and dislikes already, but uh, let's add to them. Diesel's uh, any more likes you would like to add for Armageddon? Um, I think we had all of it because we we have a st- stupendous cast. Like the cast in this, like really was well done. Like they yeah. all hit home runs with their uh, performances. Um, and then we have a great soundtrack. We have Aerosmith. <laughs> we have the ensemble cast singing "Leaving on a Jet Plane." It had great comedy moments throughout the movie, and it had great dramatic moments. Yes, Ron, you want to add to likes? Uh, like the one thing is, it is shot very beautifully through this whole movie, and the, the choices like the end where uh, Harry and the you know the bomb and the you know and it's just Harry's face when it blows up, and he has the flash, you know, the flash of life, and it's all grace and all yeah. that stuff. Um, the other thing is the little the little neons that the asteroid's alive. Like you really get that feel that it's actually a living thing. And obviously, I know it's not, but you really get no. that feel just the way that it's trying to fight for its own survival. I mean, I know you kind of have to make that to make this movie kind of how it feels, but how they did it, it feel, like, feels really like, okay, this thing's trying to survive too, and you, you get it. 
You know, I'm going to add to the likes. Uh, most of the time, when you watch movies like this and things keep going wrong, you start getting into the plot armor of it. Believe it or not, everything kind of almost felt real. It kind yeah. of felt like what would happen. You know, th- you know, life is full of Murphy's Law. Yeah. What can go wrong is going to go wrong. And so, therefore, th- like every time they were somewhere, it actually felt like if this was really happening, I feel like this shit might happen. You know what I mean? I never thought it was too egregious i mean even with the scene like the most egregious one you could say would be like the spaceship or the international space uh, station but even then they really make you believe that aj and lev are done like they make you believe like you're like oh shit they're gonna fucking leave them like because the doors are sealed yeah like they have no choice (laughs) you know and and bear barely gets the door open and they barely get in like literally they like they don't give you the indication that they're not dying here yeah like, it was crazy, like, in a lot of ways. And then when we have the other deaths, like, you're like, holy shit, people are expendable in this. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I thought I thought that they did a very good job there. Like like you guys said, it is, it's got good comedy moments to break down. Because this movie has some drama moments. It's got the action moments. It's got They really do a good job of, like, balancing everything else. Uh, the other thing that I normally would complain about, but I've obviously said a couple times that I love the dialogue. Yeah. yeah. Like, some some movies you're just like, man, that fucking dialogue is unnecessary. <laughs> this movie didn't have, like, the drawn-out unnecessary dialogue, per se. Yeah, some of the lines are crazy, but they're fun. Yes. Like, when you hindsight, it makes you just chuckle. And I think that, you know, even if they're not meant to be full-on jokes, I think that's the whole thing. Kind of can tell where J.J. Abrams' hand was in it. Yeah. Because that's kind of his writing style. Well, that and uh, the lens flare. You definitely know he helped the DP on that. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> But, you know, you, you end up with, like, some great lines in this movie, but then you also end up with a great story, as you told. You know, when you have Truman and Harry together talking about, I would be an astronaut, but I have a bum knee. When you talk about, you know, some of the other things, it, it, it's really good. And that is so much for the funny dialogue, but most of the time I'll hate the presidential speech, the monologue. This one was actually really good. When, they, when they're when they lifting off and yeah. the president's giving the speech, this was a good presidential speech. It was also believable. <laughs> yes. Like it was believable that this would be the speech. And even <laughs> later on, when he gives, well, he doesn't give the speech when the re- press release comes out. When they think that they failed, yeah. Because there's a moment where they think they failed, and you get, then you get everybody on Earth kind of residing to the fact that okay, we're probably fucked. Yeah. And and you, you kind of see like you know the different kinds of people. There, there was people looting in one area. There was people of faith, you know, praying and just hoping to God it wouldn't happen. There was other people taking shelter and trying to survive. So there was like a lot of really cool things in, in that they Nine shot. Months later, there. there was a lot of babies born. Probably, probably. <laughs> so now that we've done over the likes and stuff, what are the dislikes? We'll start with you, Ron. What were your dislikes for Armageddon? I, I don't have too many dislikes actually on this movie, and I and it's only because this movie hits me with all the feels and other reasons too. Like it was when it came out, I was working at a you know pizza shop, you know franchise, and like my buddy and I just went to the movies and then went and got made pizza in the kitchen and stuff after you know so it's like overall like the acting i think is fine there's a lot of there is some over at the top acting but i think it fits the movie uh the dialogue's fine through most of it there's a couple little scenes where it's like eh, but i don't think it really hurts anything um I, I think it's shot beautifully so i don't there's nothing really there so i i don't really have a lot to take away from this thing all right and diesel any uh any ones for you any okay, okay. Yeah, he's like, no, he's like I, okay, he waited. I, no, no, I, I get it. I'm no, no, no. There's, there's no massive ones. The only thing I really didn't like about this movie, and it's not to your point of the asteroid being alive. The look of the asteroid was just a little too off for me. Okay, like, I can't say that. Just all spiky and stuff like that. Like, it was kind of hollow. Yeah, it was that. That was the my only gripe of the movie was like I don't like how the asteroid looks. Which is a fine takeaway from this movie because 
everything else is just like, no, this is good. <laughs> to add to that dislike, I can understand that because at the when I was watching it this time, I never noticed it before, but I'm like, whoa, it was hollow. Why the fuck did they need to drill? Yeah. Like they should have just been able to set the bomb in the middle there because yeah. it's like almost like they were in a cave. Yeah. I mean, I get it. You know, whatever. It works better for the story, yeah. but I just, I wish it would have been more traditional for that story yeah. because it made less sense with it being hollow because you're kind of like, why couldn't you just set up shop and get the fuck out? Yeah. <laughs> like so yeah I, I agree with you there um my only true you know i i, I appreciate both of your dislikes i think you, they're very i i, I agree with you guys uh not too much i don't have any units the only one i could go with also is uh, obviously me the length we're talking a two hour and th- two and two hours and 30 minutes and i think you could have shaved like 30 you, minutes uh, you could have but i don't think you really needed to see this is i, I agree with ron on this i'm like normally i'm with you like Two and a half, like, we can... Then there's a lot that you can cut off. There is a lot that's available to cut off. I'm glad they didn't. Because <laughs> I enjoyed the entire ride. Once again, I'm saying that it was minor in this case. It wasn't one of those that yeah. I'm dooming this movie because of the two and a half. I'm just saying that it was one of those movies where there's a couple scenes where you're just kind of like, eh, it gets bogged down. Like, some of the some of the training scenes are kind of bogging down. Cause you, well, I'm sitting it, it, around the, the table requesting what they want is kind of a bogged down scene for me, but it's, it's there. Right, right. And once but, again, I'm not upset. But I, once again, but, I'm not upset about it. I'm not saying that I, I, I did yeah. not feel like... It wasn't one of those times where I, this is a big negative. It was just kind of like, there's a few of the scenes. And I think the, my biggest thing with the training portion is because we got this great montage of getting them all there and, like, the, the, the testing. And then, like, the training is kind of just like... Eh. It, it just, it's like it, basic. It, well, it's just there to try to prove that AJ's not as good as he's supposed to. Or, or, or it proves later on yeah. that he was right. Because yeah. if you think about it, when they're on, the, yeah. it, it, he gets in trouble because he kept digging when they were said, like, pull up. And he was like, you know. And when he comes, you know I'm right. Yeah. That, that that head can uh, you know withstand it. And, of course, on the rock, when he's drilling, that's how they get to the 800. Because yeah. he's supposed to pull back. And he's like, I can do it. And, and Harry then trusts him. And they said, I get it. So show the yeah. growth between AJ and Harry. Because, of course, AJ always feels like Harry's never approved of him and never shown him the respect. And in the meantime, technically, you find out later on, and that's what makes it more emotional, is Harry's always treated him as a son in his own mind. He loves him like a son. But he also realizes that he could be as good of a driller as Harry is. And he just is trying to mold him into what he wants him to be. Yeah. So it's kind of this weird thing. And then towards the end, you realize both of them realize that about each other. And it's kind of nice. And and I think that's what makes the end so emotional. Yeah. But also during the training stuff too, you sort of set up the divide between the actual astronauts and the drillers, which comes into play later, which makes it more powerful when the colonel's like, you can do it. All right, we're not going to blow up the bomb. Yeah. Okay, true. <laughs> I give you that, but I'm just saying there's just like, there's a, you know I had to pick something. Yeah, I couldn't. Yeah, give this, a complete is, this is just us nitpicking to yeah. find negatives on yeah. this exactly. one. <laughs> this one was a, this one has got very little, in my opinion, very little negatives. So now that we've gone through the full spoiler review of Armageddon, before we can give our scores, we got to find out what everybody else around the internet gave it. So you know how we like to do that. Time to play the game. Time to play the game! <laughs> That's right, it's time to play the game. Diesel is on a little bit of a winning streak. Can he continue that streak going? Or is Ron going to finally reclaim the throne? The game is played simple. It's prices right rules. It's closer to the number without going over, unless it's the final question. And in that case, it is whoever is closest to the number because we don't do ties here. Also, that can be worth two points if some fuck-ups happen along the way. And of course... The numbers that they're going to be guessing are different scores from around the internet. 
More specifically, IMDb, Metacritic, Rotten Tomatoes, and of course, Google users. So, with that, gentlemen, are you ready to play the game? Let's go. All right, Ron, since you're the challenger, you get to go first. IMDb, out of 10 using points, what did they give Armageddon? 8.2. Diesel. Ooh, I think that's a little high. We're going to go... I, 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 I know, but it's still IMDb. We'll go f- 6.3. 6.3, and Diesel gets the point, 6.7 out of 10. Oh, okay. So you're okay. actually pretty close, too. All right, Diesel, you get to go first here. Metacritic, remember, this is critics only. Out of what, and always remember the number is lower. I mean, I, I always uh, remind you guys because I think the high end, the highest we've ever seen on this is maybe a seventy. I could be wrong. I, I, was I, there an I, eighty I, ever? If there was, I can't remember. But Metacritic was. I think it was like seventy six. I'm trying to prepare you, so you guys, because you know sometimes you guess high here, and this is the one that goes. <laughs> wah, 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 wah. So with that, <laughs> Metacritic out of hundred percent diesel. What did they give Armageddon? I think critics hated this because it was a hip thing to do. 40%. Ooh, Ooh like that's 40%. that's kind of that's kind of like, low. I like 40%. I like that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I got to go 41 to try. Ooh, yep. 41 and 40. So either Give me a little more play by mathematically. And guess what? It pays off because 42%. Whoa, <laughs> shit. Ron gets the point. We are tied 1 to 1. Ron, you get to go next. Ron Tomatoes critic score. Remember, this is the critic score. Out of 100%, what did Ron Tomatoes critics give Armageddon? God, I hate these numbers. Um, I did. Oh, fuck me. Uh, uh, 38. 38%. Diesel. Well, we're, my actual number is like 50, but we're just going 39 because <laughs> fuck you. Oh, so I get it. I, I understand. But 38 was in my head. Yeah. And you know what? 39 because a fuck you is good because it was 43%. Oh, we so are Diesel, right on. Diesel, you would have uh, busted if you would have guessed your original one. Next up, and for the win for Diesel, and you get to go first, Ron Tomatoes fan score. Out of 100%, what did they give Armageddon? 70. Ron? 71. Oh, playing the odds. <laughs> I have no choice. You Playing the odds, and for the block, and does, he, does it pay off? It does. 73%. 73%. We're right around these numbers. <laughs> God damn it. We haven't good. been this close in a, ever. Well... Ladies and gentlemen, it is down to the final question. And this is Google users out of 100%. Oh, fuck Google users. And this is closest to the number, so it no longer does you any good just to be playing the higher low. Yeah. All right? Google users out of 100%, Ron, because Diesel has a championship advantage. What did they give Armageddon? 87's in my head. Are you going 87? 87. 87, final answer. Diesel, is it going to be that, above or below? That's a good one. I'm going 90. Oh, you're giving me a leeway. I'm giving you leeway. Wow. In my head, it's a 90. <laughs> okay. So we've got 87 for Ron. We've got 90 for Diesel. Well, we already know we have a winner, so... Your winner and new champion, Did I get it right on, did I get it on the nose? Nope, 84%. Oh, wow. You were 3% off. <laughs> so if, if you, since he went high, you got yeah. the you got the benefit from no, it. No, I'm just curious. Wow, you guys, that was very close. But Ron has regained the throne. But now that we've found out what the scores are from around the internet, there's only one thing left to do, and that is to give our scores. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, 
your opinion, man. All right, so of course, I'm going to give my critic score at the end, but before I give my critic score, we are going to give the nerd score for this film. The nerd score is a recommendation score that is based off of our critic score mixed with the entertainment score, which for you, that means that the movie could have a low critic score, but if it's super entertaining, it could have a, you know, it could bump it up on the nerd scale and vice versa. We actually have had that happen in the past. So the nerd scale has five parts and five parts alone. And here are the five parts. A one is no. That means it's a terrible film that you should never watch. A two is you've been warned. That means the movie is not terrible, but it ain't good. So you've been warned not to watch it. A three is ah, it's good. These are average to good films. Uh, they're movies that you don't need to rush out and see. You can watch them if they're for free. Don't You don't need to add them to your collection. You won't be mad that you saw them. But at the same point in juncture, if you don't see them, it's not going to ruin anything in your life. Yeah. And then there's the four. A four is just take my money. Those movies are the very good to great movies. We call them essential films. These are movies that you need to see at least once in your life. Uh, you can feel free to buy them, rent them, go to see them in the theater, especially for like a 25th anniversary. If they're re-releasing it and in a theater to you, you might want to slap down the cash to go see it because you need to see it at least once. You might even add it to your rotation. And last but not least is the rarefied air that is known as certified nerd. These are the classics. These are the great movies. These are movies that you're going to see again and again. You're going to pay for. You're going to add to your collection. Uh, whenever they're on, you're probably going to check them out. These are movies like Jaws, Jurassic Park, you know, that kind of ilk. We, we know when we see that kind of movie. So that is the nerd scale. Now it is time for the nerd scores. Starting with Ron, what is your nerd score for Armageddon and why? All right. This, this, I'm probably the high one on this, but I am giving it five. Audience, say it with me. Legendary. All right. I still enjoyed this movie and we're watching it. I've watched this movie probably 30 to 40 times over the years. I, I, it's one of those pretty much once a year almost for me, if not twice a year, when I just want something, even for just background noise. Um, it's, it, uh, it, like I said, you know, when I worked at this play, you know, pizza place, like my buddy and I, we got free free tickets because we gave pizza away. So my buddy and I went to watch it. It was a great movie to watch. And then we went back to said pizza place and made our own pizza. So it just it's, there's just a lot of more feels to this movie for me for that. Um, and you know Ben's one of my you know good friends. We still talk every day and or you know like once a week or so. Um, but it's just to me this is definitely one of those movies. It's a solid movie, solid acting all the way around. And I enjoyed it that much to where I was not upset that we had to rewatch it, and I enjoyed it just as much. Absolutely, good cricks. Diesel, time for your nerd score and why. All right. I thought I was going to land lower. After doing the rewatch, this is the gold standard. Five. Oh, nice. Audience, say it with me. Legendary. For for the you know end of the world apocalypse happening action film, this legitimately is the gold standard. It's, I think it was beautifully paced. The, the actors were phenomenal. There was a great balance of action, humor, and comedy, and drama. This is the bar that you got to beat. Moonfall, you fell short. <laughs> <laughs> Way short. All right. Well, it's my turn now. And, uh, wow, you guys have put the pressure on here, I guess. Uh, you know, when we go into these things, and I, I, I've made this clear over the, the last few weeks especially because, you know, making letting people know how we actually score things. And you go into a movie, and like I said, the first question is always is, did I regret seeing this or not? And so you know if you're starting at a three or below. And obviously, I don't regret seeing this movie. And as I was thinking about a score, I put my score down on IMDb, and I put my score down on Rotten Tomatoes. So I usually, uh, you know, I'll put my vote in, and, and that's my critic score for the movie. And a lot of times, I base my critic score and is somewhere off of that. But there's certain numbers that when I use a critic score for, 
that it could actually end up being a five or a four. And this was one of those movies that landed in that zone where this is either going to be a five or a four. And, and, and it was coming down, rewatching it was awesome. I got the feels, gave me the feels. I, I, I always love when that happens. I didn't, when I watched this movie, I felt like it was, you know, even though I've seen this movie, I think the last time I saw this movie was maybe four ish years ago. Yeah. So it wasn't that long ago. In hindsight, because there's some of the movies we rewatched that I literally have not seen in over a decade yeah. or better, uh, you know. But I'm rewatching this and I'm just like, man, I remember why I love this movie, and that's why I gave it the score I gave. Which, so you guys know, the score for that I'm giving it that I gave it on IMDb and stuff because I can't use quarter scale and stuff. There is was an eight out of 10 uh my official score is an 8.25 as anybody who knows me i don't give anything above a nine and a half <laughs> because i don't believe perfection exists and i don't think I, don't, I just don't think it happens just like i don't give a movie below a one i think for making a movie you get a one out of ten <laughs> uh and, you know just like our scale starts with one with that being said this movie is going to uh, you know what do the sweep audience say it with me legendary i'm giving this a certified nerd i mean after talking about the movie it was really what put in there because coming into talking and doing the review like i said i was on that line i'm at an 8.25 you know i put an eight on the thing so they don't give you a quarter scale option so i'm like okay 8.25 that's on the borderline so i can't just go with the score did i really love it i'm like you know what it's one of those situations when i start giving the review we start talking about it and i go Sitting here gushing about the movie and then going, huh, my only real takeaway was, eh, there might have been a couple dialogues that I would have changed, a little bit of overacting, nothing too egregious, because a lot of it actually worked. And basically, you know, I'll always bitch about the length, let's fucking be honest. <laughs> like, there's very few movies that go a real long way that I don't have something to say about the length. You start getting over two hours, and I start really kind of going... Does this really need to be this long? And I know it's, it sounds like shitty, but there's movies that have overcome that, and there's movies that don't overcome that. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, a movie like Babylon, that's what kind of doomed it to not being a five. If it was a little shorter, and they fixed the little things because it would have fixed it being a little shorter, that movie probably would have been a certified nerd movie, especially because I gave it such a high critic score. I think I gave it like a seven and a half yeah. for a movie I gave a four to. So that's a pretty yeah. high critic score. So with that, I like I said, I think certified nerd is definitely deserved for Armageddon. In my opinion, probably the greatest disaster film of all time. Yes, probably. No, like from a, from a from a natural object, I should say. Like in my head, I think movie wise, Apollo thirteen is a better movie. Apollo thirteen would score lower on the nerd scale for me because it's less entertaining. Yeah. Yes, this movie has more rewatchability. I've seen Apollo thirteen a couple times. I don't need to see it again. This I will watch again. <laughs> There's a movie we're doing for three FN Rewind. Just a peek behind the curtain uh, that we're going to be recording this week and putting out. I'm not going to say the name of the movie because I don't want to give it away. Uh, little teaser for the patrons. And also, if you would like to join Patreon, patreon.com slash 3FN podcast for as little as $1 a month. Um, there's a movie that I, when I watched, I'm like, this critically, like when I'm giving it a critic score, I'm like, oh, this movie's beautiful. Yeah, it's shot it. well. It's, a, you know, it's in the right time zone because it was only like an hour and 38 minutes. But then, like, as I'm watching the movie, I'm just like, it's kind of boring. And I'm like, so critically, I'm like giving it this lovely score because based on all the critical things it's hitting, the only deductions it's getting critically is that being boring. But on the nerd scale, I'm like, this is a movie that technically me not, you know, this should be a certified nerd movie, just not, not necessarily just in the score, but just because of the circumstance for the movie. And I'm just like, this movie's going to get probably like a three. 
Yeah, I like, get it. So that's why the nerd scale goes in because it is a recommendation and it really does take an effect that, hey, the movie might critically be amazing, but it still might come down a few points. It might be better than another movie, but it's just all about the entertainment plot. Because I think that that's what a lot of people miss. And once again, these are our opinions. And, and if you align yourself with one of our opinions, that's always wonderful. And, you know, sometimes we agree like this movie. Sometimes we all have a different score, which we've had recently. I do believe Transformers, we all had a different score for. Yeah. The, the Rise of the Beast. Yeah. Um, varying levels of, well, yeah. me and Ron, varying levels of liking it. And Diesel didn't like it, technically. <laughs> which I understand. <laughs> trust me. Fine. I, it's fine. I, I get it's it. It's fine. But once again, that's why we just bring your... Are you, we, like I, I can tell you this. We know we're running long because we've talked about this movie and it's a little longer, but... I'm just going to say, that's what we bring to the table yeah. for you guys all the time. We try to be as genuine as possible. That's why when I said earlier, we don't take money from anybody because we don't. We don't, you know, and it's not a shot at anybody else out there because I also, this is my own head. This has nothing to do with the shot at anybody else podcasting or anything else. We didn't, I don't take screeners from places because I feel like somewhere in my head, I would conflate that with, I owe them something. And I never want to feel that because I don't want to be dishonest because I don't even want to give a half a point, you know, right? To because I'm like, oh, you know, they did hook us up, so maybe I should give them a half a point. Because I would do that. I know that in my mind. I, I'm, I just, I, you know, as much of I, an asshole as I can be, I'm a nice person when people are doing things for me as well. Yeah, so, yeah it's not that you're just like, oh, I'll give them an extra point because they did that. It's like, oh, they did that for me. Let's find the good in this. And yeah, so I start searching <laughs> yeah. for the good. So it skews and, your, your natural view. And by the way, that's no shot at anybody who is a podcaster listeners. Cause we, I know a bunch of our friends that are podcasters listen to this as well as, as well as, as everybody else. And, and it's no shot at anybody. So don't please don't take it that way. It's just, I know that's what I would do. So yeah, that's, I why I, that's why I just don't do it. Yeah. So that's why I said I have no room right. to work for the studios because, fuck, the studios aren't offering, you know, when they offer me things, I'm just like, ignore. Yeah, no, I, I get you. I understand that. Like, I thought, I thought for sure I was going to be the only one out of five. I thought this one. I thought you'd both be fours. Going into the the rewatch, I was like, it's it's a solid three. It might get up to a four. Yeah, going into it's a re- fun fucking watch, dude. dude I, going into this, I'm with Diesel. I was like, this isn't going to be lower than a three because I remember it being fun. I'm like, yeah, just from that I, scale. But I was preparing myself for it to actually be a three. I was like, because like a lot of the movies we rewatch, yeah. there's very few. I was I was explaining this to my wife. There's three options when we rewatch a movie. There's only three options when we see a movie that's older. When we do these older movies, it's either it's going to be and in, in, in an order of how likely they are. The most likely one is always that it's worse than I remembered or it's aged poorly. Yeah. So that's the first one. So it's, you know, it might have been a four or five when I was younger. All of a sudden it's a three, you know, or, you know, whatever. Then the middle one is it stays the same because, you know, occasionally, you know, like more, you know, mostly it's worse. Then there's the middle is like, okay, so like if that's 50% of the movies we rewatch, you know, uh, 40% is probably, you know, the, you know, it stays the same. So if it was a four in 1998, it was a four now. Yeah. And then occasionally, and only occasionally, does it exceed. And like this movie, I remember it being a four or five on the nerd yeah. scale. It didn't exist back in 98, but I remember really loving this movie. Yeah. And as I watched this movie, like I said, I fell in love with it again. And then I was like coming into here, I'm like, well, it's a four or five because of where I put the critic score. And I knew I was going to give it a four or five. And I'm like, it's definitely either a high four because yeah. it was always a high four. Yeah. If we, but you know we don't do the scale yeah. we just do four and as we were talking about it, i just went as like little, about halfway through it just when doing the breakdown i went oh this is a fucking five because like i'm gleaming about parts of this movie yeah. like even like shooting over some of the like yeah but there's really the minutes parts that i said you could take it out they still don't hurt the film yeah. it's like it's just one of those things just me being nitpicky yeah, that was us trying to find stuff yeah. to just keep it going. And by the way, on Instagram, when I put this up on our Instagram story to vote on, 100% of the people liked this movie. Yeah, like, yeah. I just said thumbs up, thumbs down, 100%. 
And I think that uh, I did it also on Twitter. And I think out of all the votes we got, I think, and I mean, we got quite a few votes. I think there was only one thumbs down. Yeah, I missed it on Twitter. I, got, so, I did the Instagram. Twitter's one. dead. What did Threads say? <laughs> uh, I don't know if I did a poll on Threads. I think you can do polls Ugh. on Threads, but I haven't done it. Yeah. But yeah, I did. Oh, I did a poll uh, on uh, TikTok too for the first one. So it's the first time I ever did a poll on TikTok, and that was also TikTok. all but one. All but one was a thumbs up. Tick 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 It seems like it's a very popular movie. Well, if you would like to give us your our opinion, your opinion on this movie, we gave you our opinion. But if you would like to give us your opinion, give us our opinion. Yeah, you can give it back to us. I never get tired of hearing myself. Obviously, uh, you can do so and reach out to us. Find all of our social media links, plus every other link, including T Public Patreon and everything else, at 3fnpodcast.com. Ron, you have some business to take care of. Four out of ten stars. Essentially unwatchable. I will never understand how this movie gets the rating that it does. I saw it as a child when it first came out and, ha- and hated it. To be fair, it's impossible for the movie to wave the same kind of magic as the books. I thought it would be to appreciate it separate from the books as an adult but oh man was i wrong still unwatchable the script is thin and the acting is awful the only saving grace are richard harris as dumbledore and the marvelous and the marvelous score otherwise this film is barely un- unmagicable four out of ten stars harry potter just sucks people so yes the scale has been rising but those people do not know how to rate things because you do not give something a four out of ten and just be like it's unwatchable <laughs> If it's unwatchable, it's a fucking one. I agree. <laughs> See, a four, if, if I give something a four out of ten, I'm not exactly thrilled that I watched the movie. But at the same time, it's not unwatchable. Because it's uh, getting I mean, close to being watchable. Average. Yeah. yeah I, I get, I get it. I mean, I'm, at, I'm at least giving you what they're, what they're rating. No, four I, out of ten, no sorry, I, but, I agree with you. Like, to the, me, hate, the hate on it. I think, to me, like unwatchable starts at, what, two and a half or two? Yeah. yeah. That's where unwatchable starts. Three, if you're talking maybe, about Maybe a three out of maybe ten. Maybe a three. But that's only if I was being nice to give it a three. Yeah. Because there's times where I do it, I'm like, all right, I'll give you an extra point for some dumb reason. Like, I, I yeah. as you know, I'm famous, and I'll even tell people why the dumb reason was. Like, you know, it had a song in the soundtrack I really liked. It gets an extra point. Yeah. <laughs> there's been movies, uh, Diesel knows this, there's been movies that have gotten a two out of ten. That Literally, that was the reason why. Like, it was a terrible movie. I was like, well, it was in focus. Like, whenever, <laughs> like if you've been listening long enough, you'll know that when I really don't like a movie, my positive is always, well, it was in focus. <laughs> then there's a couple movies that weren't in focus, so that, that made that one hard. Well... That is going to do it for this week's 3FN Podcast. Next week, we will be back to review the brand new movie, Barbie, starring, of course, Margot Robbie. Of course, we'll be doing that next week in the 3FN Movie Club review. Until then, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and most importantly, later, nerds. I'm waiting for Ryan Gosling and Barbie. Later. Listen to your Uncle Rockhound. Always ask her age. (laughs) Harry Potter just sucks people.